Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast, featuring Ted Ings and his distinguished guests. Each week, you'll gain valuable insights to level up your game in retail automotive's fixed operations. This episode is brought to you by BG Products, partners beyond products. And now, here's Ted Ames. Every now and then in our industry, there is somebody who bursts upon the retail scene, who makes a change, and it is definitely noticed. Uh, our gentleman today who will be speaking is setting the tone for what is possible at Step One Automotive Group. Uh, he's fostering innovation from certainty to discovery. He's fostering collaboration from authority to partnership with a limitless approach and movement. Everyone, please join me in welcoming uh, Fernando Arellano, who is the CEO of Step One Automotive Group. Fernando, welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Hi, Ted. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Very happy to be here with you guys. Fernando, it's a great honor uh, to have you. I have watched uh, over these past few months, uh, perhaps longer, in awe of the great success your organization is having. And you and your team are clearly making a difference in the automotive industry. Thank you very much, Ted, for that. And, and you're right. And this is the team. Um, I always want to say it, is, it doesn't matter how many brands we represent. doesn't matter how many buildings we have. This is about the people. This is about the team members that they make a big, big difference in what we're doing today. And I've noticed that in a lot of the things that I've seen, especially on social media, Fernando, you, uh, you highlight the team very much in yeah. what it is and all that you do there at step one. And I do believe, however, that the person who sets the, the tone, that starts at the top. And that's clearly you. And Fernando, you are different. Um, you, you have an MBA, okay? And I believe your mindset is different than the typical dealer group operator. You've got 25 years of international experience in Europe, in Latin America, in the U.S. Uh, tell us a little bit about how all this came about uh, at step one. So listen, first of all, big believer in the good Lord. No, we work hard, but there's, <clears throat> I was said, I always said that uh, that's 30% that's, connected to the good Lord. Some people said lack, but the other 70% is it's about, uh, you know, really, really hard work. And uh, yes, uh, my grandfather was a Chrysler dealership in Patagonia. When you're speaking about myself being different, probably you're speaking about my broken English. That's, that's, <laughs> that's one of the different things that I have. You know, people get sometimes used to my, my broken English, but uh, wh what I'm bringing to the table probably, yes, is international experience. Spent some time in the manufacturer side. I have the opportunity and the pleasure to work with Mr. Marchione and Stellantis, FCA, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. So I worked 10 years on the other side of the world, what I said. So uh, um, we act, even though this is an organization that we are dealerships at the end. No? Uh, we are 22 operations uh, from which one rental car, three parts operations. But, you know, we represent manufacturers but with a very clear idea in the top management of the company, I would say not as a dealership, but maybe as a distributor. Um, passionate, extremely passionate about the process of making things happen. You know, I always tell the guys, it's, it's, I don't know if, uh, you know, my passion is big on the core, on the piece of metal, but it's, it's big on the process. You know, you put the piece of metal and what's going to happen and what's going to be the outcome of that at the end is value for shareholders, and it's value for team members. 
so I, I think that that's part of what we're doing together. So we build a vehicle. Step One Automotive Group today is a one million dollar, one billion dollar, sorry, Ted, uh, company. Um, this is a, a fairly young company. But what I would like to explain that is uh, behind this vehicle that we produce, there are an amount of team members that are bringing a lot of experience. So you told mine, but we have guys with 30, 25 years, you know, 19 years of experience in the industry, that when they jump in this vehicle, uh, what's the result? Uh, first of all, we have fun. Let me tell you, uh, we work hard, but we party hard. This is one of the things I want, I want to put on the table. We recognize the members. We share value. There's a big culture of sharing, you know, what we're doing from the point of view of uh, uh, compensation and from the point of view of results. Uh, big fun, you know, of appreciation of what the guys are putting on the table. The MBA piece, yes, give you a little bit of insight and uh, a different perspective. It's not a mom and pop shop with all respect. We're running a big company that are uh, looking always you know, to the future and what this company is going to become, no? And you are clearly attracting a, a higher caliber of, of managers, employees. Uh, Sean Kingry, uh, which is your fixed ops director yes, of the sir. platform, Fernando, great man. He's been on our program a number of times, including this event. Uh, he said to me, Ted, whenever I come on the fixed ops roundtable, I am flooded by resumes for people from outside the auto and in, inside the auto industry who want to get involved with our organization. So, Fernando, there clearly is some magic. And you're coming to us today, I see, from the war room there in Fort Walton Beach. And um, I believe that you, as you mentioned to me, are very visual. And I think it's very important for a leader uh, to have that quality. Yeah, let, let, let me show. You asked me to show you know, what we have here. So uh, we run the company on a daily basis. We call the guys, we tell the guys, we need to run this company based on a on daily basis and on an hourly basis. Yes, I'm very visual. What you see here are the main KPIs of the company, the 22 operations, some, some key KPIs. One of the things that I want to like a lot is setting ourselves for success. I give you, I always tell the guys, I started in the United States with a small Fiat store in Miami. So nobody was waking up in the morning to buy a Fiat in the very beginning of the morning <laughs> in Miami. So it was key for me when I closed the day that the team members know tomorrow what's going to happen. So we have five, six appointments. The guys know that it was going to be a day that we could put a couple of cars out in the street. So there was a, a gentleman you know, some time ago coming to me telling me, you're running domestic manufacturers as a luxury brand. That's one of the things. And this is an organization that doesn't sell products. What we do, uh, we set ourselves to success based on appointments. So the appointment setting is a is key of what we're doing here. Uh, so I noted this morning that I woke up, I have 170 appointments for sales. So I know what's going to happen at the end of the day. This is not a science. This is a technique. But the big, big push is on setting tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow? This works on portion service. This works also on the rental car company. I like to see the pipeline. And yes, Ted, I'm I'm visual, so I need my screens. Nine appointments a day keep Fernando away. But if I don't see my screens, you know, I get nervous. <laughs> I love I love it so much. And Fernando, your mindset is clearly different, and you. You're right. You mentioned earlier about making it happen. I believe that you make it happen and you look for people 
on your team who helped make it happen. Tell our audience again, um, how many stores, how many rooftops, how many brands, if you don't mind? So today is 16 brands, so uh, 22 um, operations that we have to do locations. I was telling you about three mighty franchises. We got into the ports distribution. This was a very, very interesting uh, vertical integration. Uh, you know, we represent today 46% of the manufacturers, let me say, in USA. So we have 52 or 4% for the time being that we don't have the parts. So this was a way to bring in um, some business on step one. And it was not only about diverting integration from the point of view of revenues and gross profit. It was from the point of view of service, quality of service. Big believer in uh, reconditioning. We have a huge project on reconditioning. Now we start 2019 for with 17 days average time to market in reconditioning. And this not was just only the time that the car passed through service. This was from the moment we buy a car, you know, in the auction and from the uh, moment that it was frontline ready. So from 17 days and today we're playing in the six days. We're getting really, really very good on that one. So bottom line of the story, you know, this kind of virtual integration has been helping us a lot in order to push, you know, this kind of process. Um, you know, we, we speak with the guys. One, one of the things we said is it's not about working hard. It's, it's about working smarter. Okay, so rethinking the process, what we can do better, what we can do faster. Um, we have a very interesting team in the company. We call it BAU, Business Intelligence Unit. These are five guys. Uh, what they do, these guys, so we throw them a complex process and they're going to give us a solution in numbers. A complex process, they're going to give us a redefinition of processes or probably complex problem, and they're going to give us back, you know, a slide still going to allow to take us the decision. But the key, I'm going back to the people, is absolutely based on the execution. I'm always looking forward for, uh, you know, the sense of urgency, the outstanding execution, the ownership. You know, I ask the guys, this is your company, it's not my company, it's our company. Our responsibility is on 789 families. It's not wow. only about the paycheck, it's who's behind you know, how we take care of our families and what's the impact of our decision and all those guys and the kids going to school. And, you know, I think that we have a bigger role and it's not just an only selling course and making profit. I like that. And 789 families. So th there is clearly something different about step one, Fernando. And um, what I like very much, I saw that your operating model you have everything written down. You have your, your mission. You have your core values. And you've put it in writing, which a lot of, lot of folks in our business, as you know, have not done that. And yeah. I think that's, that's also a tribute to you. Uh, one of the things you've said, um, there are some operating initiatives. There are three, I think, that you had written down. Uh, you radically flatten the structure, okay? Uh, you turbocharge decision-making, which I can tell right now with that sense of urgency, and you treat your talent uh, who are responsible for that 789 families as capital, as a limited capital. Tell us a little bit about, about those things, if you don't mind. I, I'm going to start uh, with one that probably you don't said, that is, yes, we have the mission, we have the vision, extremely clear, but we have a leadership model. So I'm going to tell you something that I learned and not many years ago, that leadership is going to overcome the management science. 
And this is really very cool. So whatever you're going to put on the paper, that's going to be a business plan and that's going to be supported by a management science. When you put the leadership on top of that, you're going to overachieve. That, that, that's our model, you know, and, and working in leadership is not just on only taking care of the top 20 guys, top 40 guys that have a big responsibility on 789, but, you know, sharing what's the model, you know, and this is about a changing uh, um, changing people and, uh, and, uh, and it's leading people and it's leading change. These are two big columns that we focus a lot all the time. You can, you know, figure out different leadership models, but big believer that probably what we have today is working very well. It's leading people and leading change. You know, these are the two, two aspects and two elements. So I'm going to repeat the concept because I think it's really, really cool. Leadership is going to overachieve, you know, the management science. And this is coming from the service, from the militaries. You know, the guys are big, big believers in this. Yes, very uh, flat structure, uh, very, you know, open, big believer in communication and trust. There's no such a problem that we cannot figure out and we are not going to solve it and we put it on the table. Uh, this is about taking ownership. You know, guys, I mess it. I, sometimes I, I mess it too. You know, I take decisions that they're not correct or probably didn't see it coming. But it's putting on the table, you know, working with extremely very committed guys. When we say what's good for step one is good for me. What's good for step one is good for me. So we're taking, you know, the personal side. We're taking out the drama out from the equation. And it's about, you know, the company, where we're going and and, and what we would like to accomplish. So, yes, mission and vision. Um, And there's another one that we have on the table that is about stepping up. You know, and, you know, it's a beautiful uh, chart that we have in all, in, in all the stores. And this came in 2019, 2019, when we have the pandemic. And uh, I always tell the guys, the worst side of the pandemic has been the fear. It's not about the fact, it's the fear. Uh, the, the original concept was, you know, we're going to keep our, safe t- uh, our team safe. We need to keep this guy safe. But in that moment of fear, everybody was reacting in a very weird way. We have colleagues firing people, uh, uh, you know, we have organization nearby, 40% downsizing and structure. So we got out from the pandemic. Uh, You know, fortunately, we managed the way zero people fired. We keep all our teams. We we kept our teams safe, but the requirement, it was stepping up. It's not enough what you was doing today. And originally yesterday, you know, to what's coming. And originally the statement probably it was for a big guys, big directors of the company. And I realized that it was for a service advisor. It was for a porter, you know, step up. You know, what you don't do today is not the same that you're doing tomorrow. Uh, you know, um, entertain the customers in the best way possible. You know, a big smile is going to make a big, big difference. And I promised my partner at the very beginning, listen, you know, uh, the moments, they are really uh, tough and really, uh, you know, complicated for all of us. But I promise you that we are going to have a company at the end of this situation. It's going to be stronger than ever. And I think that we make it happen because of this. Wow. You told me um, earlier that you have a military partnership at step one. And that's a big part of the commitment that you've made to, to the community. Um, Fernando, tell us a little bit about that military partnership that your organization so, has. Let me tell you, you know, li- born in Argentina, lived many years in Italy, conduct business in Brazil. I'm the kind of guy that if you ask me, where do you live? I'm going to tell you, we live in the best country in the world. 
you know and whenever whomever have any doubts about this you can come to me and i can tell you why i can tell you because i have i've been living abroad so i live i i see the positive and i also see the opportunities and probably you know when i arrived to the uh, this uh, the, uh, you know we are located in the panhandle there's a very strong military component, not only in the customer base, but also we have the Air Force base, we have the Rangers, the seven special forces, and we have the top of the top of these guys, you know, special forces in the Green Berets on the, on the Army, you have the combat controllers, and uh, I got really inspired about these guys, not only because, you know, they keep us safe and what they have been doing for us and what they do for us, but because, you know, normally when we work in this environment, you're going to have guys come to you and say, boss, this is tough. It's hot outside. And what I was asking, in, you know, in this kind of relationship, and we have people coming, and it was key, note speaker, it was share with us. Share with us, you know, management, a relentless approach. You know, when we speak about stress management, when we speak about leadership, and we start bringing some of these guys, you know, to the table. And wow. it was about showing the team, whenever you complain, you know, there are some guys jumping on the other side of the world, probably in the middle of the desert, just in order to keep us safe. So there has been a great contribution coming from these big guys in the service, you know, on the business side. Slowly and steady, today, I would say we have 10 of those guys working with us, some of them in training. We have a colonel, a combat controller colonel coming from the Air Force, um, being uh, uh, the head of human resources and talent management. Why? Because these guys are very good with people. Yeah, they don't know about the automotive business, but they are experts in people and leadership. So we have been having this kind of influence of these guys, you know, uh, with us. Uh, we spend a long time with them, uh, you know, some training uh, out from the company, um, doing uh, tracking with them. Uh, we ride motorcycles with the guys not only with people working with us, but people in the service coming with us. So building this relationship that I would say that is very, um, I, I would say it's, it's organic, it's very difficult, you know, mm -hmm. to, to build it another way. I became an honorary commander of the Air Force. So I'm very proud about that. So I, I would imagine something that this could happen to me. But the key of this is where we're going and not where we have. So we understand the, the side and the effect on the company, but there's a big give back that I learned from the Air Force. The guys that are always there is give back, give back to the community. And these have two sides. Uh, you know, I'm getting classy. Lately, I'm saying that. It's not I'm getting old, I'm getting classy. <laughs> um, and I think that I'm not going to be able to change the world, but I'm, we're going to be able to inspire somebody that's going to do it for us. And this is about putting together these big organizations, you know, core dealerships, Air Force, uh, militaries, when we put them together, we can have a big impact on the community with unprivileged kids. Uh, probably Sean told you about, uh, you know, the technical lab that we're working, the Okalusia mm -hmm. Technical School that we're putting together. So this is part of the puzzle that we're putting together. The other side of this, you know, with this organization that we're working today, that we call it Forever Warriors, is always putting an eye on those guys that are coming out from the service. These guys put many, many years, 30 years in the service, and sometimes they, they don't know where to go. They don't have the, the future. They're not trained for that. And we open uh, our doors and our arms to these guys to tell them, listen, you have a space here. What you learn there can be used in the automotive business in an extremely good way. And you can speak about service advisors, becoming technicians, becoming a managers, being in a, you know, desk and deals and being in the, in the dealerships, selling cars. So 
this is more or less where we're going with that. I would say this is a very beginning of where we're going, um, but it's working really very well. I'm very proud, you know, of this involvement that we're having with these guys and with the community. I could tell so much. And it is not just the military, but you mentioned the community also. also. You've got a partnership within that community. And um, I've heard so much about that. Let me go back, if I may. You mentioned earlier that you've been building what I hear is called the Center of Excellence on 3.7 acres, a, a reconditioning center for the entire company. Tell us a little bit more about that. So if we go back to your numbers, so 2019, 2020, probably we double numbers, volume. So units in operation for you guys that you're so used to that. 2020, 2021, we double again. We double the company. This was a $500 million company. We double it in a moment that we have no cars. We have no new cars. It looks like auction is getting crazy. So the reality is that we are setting, based on the results of the company, uh, I was not going to say uh, for um, we are setting a big challenge for the guys from Ports and Service what's, for what's going to come. So at the very beginning, when we doubled the first time, it was about uh, we need to figure out those workshops that they have capacity. So we have some brands where the capacity was not fully absorbed. And we have some brands where we need extra, I don't know, 10 lifts and working position tomorrow morning. And we divert whatever was internal to the uh, reconditioning centers. So, uh, okay, we leave the customer face and we leave the customer pay in that store. You know, wherever we have capacity, we start moving our use course to that reconditioning center. I realized that was not enough. So we start building what we call today the center of excellence. A center of excellence is going to be a workshop fully dedicated just and only for reconditioning of use course. This is the use core machine, and it's related to a time to market that I was telling you before, Chad. It's about, you know, how fast we get in, how fast we get it out. You know, where we, uh, it's not only about reconditioning, it's the detailing, it's going to be the pictures there of the cars. So you have a piece of the merchandising. Uh, I'm trying to finish the first one, you know, COVID uh, from the point of view of labor and material stuff. Mm-hmm. But we are planning to have three of them. So one in the in the in Fort Walton Beach Destin area. The other one is going to be in Pensacola, and another one in Savannah, the area of Savannah. Uh, because what we're building is capacity. It's capacity, and uh, you know, time to market. That's that's behind the, this idea. But very excited. I'm looking forward to show you what we're going to put together there. You have an amazing vision, and um, you're an amazing person as well, Fernando. I. I, I think I could interview you here all day. I'm going to have to come to Fort Waltham Beach and meet you in person and see all this firsthand. Please, please. <laughs> you know, and sometimes I always tell the guy, this is a very open organization. I, what we do here have no secret recipe. And I'm always telling the guys, come here, put an eye. People that they're not working with us, some dealerships that they visit us. Uh, I think that the secret sauce that we put here is love. Believe it or not, I always tell the guys, you know, compassion, be compassion, compassion with people, because once again, you know, we work with imperfectly perfect, uh, you know, people also. And uh, the compassion, when we put an eye on the limits and we try to reinforce, you know, the positive elements that they bring to the table, this works very well. And the secret sauce, once again, is left. So I'm always open to show you what we do here. This is like my wife. She's Italian. She cooks Italian. I can give you all the recipe of the world, but, you know, you need to have that special sauce that I think that we have here, Ted. But yes, more than happy to have you with us, sir. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I, I could, I, 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 I could smell the special sauce. <laughs> uh, yes, fi- finally, Fernando, 
Finally, uh, for today, what advice can you give our audience, the dealers, the general managers watching, uh, the fixed operations, uh, the service, the parts, the reconditioning, the used, pre-owned used car managers watching? Yeah. What advice would you give our audience uh, today looking ahead for the rest of 22 and how to be prepared? Yeah. So let me tell you, there's a big disruption coming. And whomever didn't realize your manufacturers thinking about direct distribution, uh, you know, you have big changes from the point of view of customer base. You have a customers more educated than ever. You have an e-commerce process that is uh, coming from manufacturers and their external vendors, et cetera, et cetera. So who doesn't understand that we are in the middle of disruption probably is looking to different feel, no? And, and, and you know, I'm very active in dealer councils, and sometimes I hear people that they don't realize. I always tell the guys, you know, there's a wave. There's a wave coming. And the magic about this wave, who's going to be in condition to surf it? No? I tell the guys, guys, stay focused. We're going to surf this wave. This wave is, is, is based on training, you know, training and prepare yourself, training and prepare yourself, you know, big advocate on customer satisfaction, you know, the programs that you have today is coming from the manufacturers. They have their own training. Yes. So we check that box. We train the top level of the organization. We have 17 guys in NADA Academy. So we are preparing the guys for what's going to come. Uh, yes, big training to the rest of the organization, not only technician, whomever have a contact. Let me say is in contact with a final customer. Need to have one day off of the job. Uh, just an all-in training. So this is uh, what we're doing in 2022. So I think that training probably is going to give a big piece of the solution. 70% is attitude, Ted. Attitude. You know, you have the future. The future is on you. It's not on the point. Brother, you have the future. If you have your attitude and you understand that you can change your future, we're going to give you the tools to make this happen. Wow. Great advice, Fernando. And on behalf of the Fixed Ops community and the Fixed Ops Roundtable, I want to thank you for your time with us here this morning. Um, we're going to have to come back and, uh, and see more and learn more. But in the meantime, uh, Fernando, thank you so much uh, for your time with us today. My pleasure, sir. All the best for you guys. Always here for you. Fernando, the Chief Executive Officer at the Step One Automotive Group, here today at the Fixed Ops Roundtable. 